Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For your listening enjoyment, as Johnny Dollar. Good morning, Johnny. Hello, Mr. Martin. Got a job for you. Fine. A man named Carl Nelson is in charge of our company. He was killed. Oh. Shot to death. Got police records. Small time criminal. Beneficiary is a woman named Gilkerson. Lord Gilkerson. Uh huh. He disappeared. Police think it probably has something to do with Nelson's death. Want to see what you can find out? Sure. All right. Get out to New York as soon as you can. Contact Lieutenant Korchak at 11th Precinct Homicide. We'll give you all the help we can. I'll get right on it. You know, many great men have attained the highest office in our land, the Presidency of the United States. Can you guess the name of this man? He was third vice president to become president through the death of a man holding that office. A man of limited education, he was taught to read and to write by his wife. In 1862, when Tennessee threatened to secede from the Union... He was appointed military governor of occupied Tennessee by President Lincoln. As president, by a threat of war, he stopped Napoleon's attempt to seize control of Mexico. And his administration saw the beginning of the Reconstruction era. A senator before he became president, he was re-elected to the Senate after his presidential term of office was over. If you don't have his name by now, here are two more clues. During his administration... Alaska was purchased from Russia, and Nebraska became a state. Who was he? Andrew Johnson, 17th President of the United States. His life is part of your American heritage. Accounts submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office, Columbia All Risk Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Nelson matter. Expense account item one, fifteen dollars and thirty-six cents, train fare and incidentals between Hartford and New York City. I arrived at two thirty in the afternoon. After registering at the hotel, went directly to the Eleventh Precinct Police Station, where I introduced myself to Lieutenant Korchak of Homicide. How much did your company insure the frog for? The frog? Uh, Nelson. He was called the frog. He, he looked like one. Oh? <laughs> he was insured for 10000 And Maud Gilkerson gets the money. Do you think she had something to do with the killing? No, I think she knows something about it. Any theories about why he was killed? Nothing definite. The frog was a hood, long record, did time twice, and in every racket from the numbers to stick-ups. Now, you don't generally get anything definite on a killing like this. Some of the boys wanted him dead. Who were wise? Hard to tell. He's been associated with Ellis Hotchie for the past year or so. That's pretty big company. Yeah, Hotchie's about as big as it come. Probably got unhappy with the frog and had him eliminated. Have you questioned Hotchie? Sure, but just a matter of routine. If Hotchie had something to do with it, it's going to be tough to prove. Well, I guess the first thing to do is find the beneficiary, Maud Gilkerson. That's not going to be easy. We've done a lot of looking. Well, I got a friend in town that just might be of some help. Do I know him? Probably, but I'd rather not mention who it is. He doesn't get along very well with cops. <laughs> not many people do. My friend's got a king-size allergy. But for the right people and the right price, he can be very informative. Well, good luck, Dollar. Thanks. 
I'll let you know if I come up with anything. Expense account item two, $2.35, cab fare from the precinct to Skid Row and Hetz Hilarity. A saloon that always looked as though it wanted to collapse when the sun hit it too hard. Inside, I found Wilbur Truett sitting at the almost deserted bar, sipping muscatel through a glass straw. Hello, Wilbur. Bucko! You are indeed a sight for sore eyes. And Bucko, my eyes are sore. Pull up a half a white and rest yourself. Can I buy you a drink? Oh, noble prince, a king among kings. You come in the nick. Can you buy me a drink? If it were not so early in the day and my spine not yet limber, I would bend and kiss your feet. How do you think a ranger? Innkeeper, a flagon of your best amber tonic. Oh, Bucko, I've missed you. Do you realize what with economic conditions such as they are, that your absence has been the bane of my existence? Goodwill is a thing of the past. Wilbur. I once looked upon mankind with a warm smile and a kind heart. But I find it difficult to keep from becoming a complete cynic. People are pinching pennies completely out of shape. Soon the exchequer will be filled with a gigantic mass of unrecognizable copper. Why, a year ago I was averaging as much as 50 cents a day. A whole bottle. It's your pitch. My pitch? Sir, my pitch is a thing of beauty. An excursus of cogent hearts. A compassionate discourse on human suffering. Okay. My okay. pitch would tear the heart out of Mephistopheles himself. Wilbur. Yes, Bucko. Where can I find Maud Gilkerson? You know why my eyes are sore, Bucko? No. Why are your eyes sore, Wilbur? I had to brave the morning sun. Things had become so desperate, I pawned my dark glass. Oh, I'm sorry. If things don't improve, I may have to part with my glass straw. The only sure method of deriving substance when in the throes of the shade. Maud Gilkerson is worth a bottle. Granted. In fact, I'd venture to guess that the lady is worth uh, two bottles. Mm, you're probably right. I'll pass the coil. I'm staying at the Yorkshire. She may not want to see you. Tell her I've got 10000 for her. I beg your pardon. Tell her the frog left a $10,000 insurance. I just gave you two quarts worth. Expense account item three. $2.60 for a cab back to the hotel. Where I went up to my room and smoked a half a dozen cigarettes while I waited for Wilbur Truett to call. Around 4.30 in the afternoon, the phone finally rang. Johnny Dollar. Bucko? Yeah, Wilbur? I finally contacted the party. She's not happy. Did you tell her about the insurance? The first words out of my mouth. But it seems Mr. Nelson's insurance is not enough to bring color to her cheeks and a smile to her ashen lips. What does she want? Some insurance of her own. What do you mean? She's hiding because her life's in danger. She has no money to leave town. She'll make a deal with you. Go on. Enough money to leave the country. You said town. A logical progression. The town first, then the country. 
Believe me, Bucko, her plight is worth considering. What will she give me in exchange for the money? That is her own personal secret. But she told me to tell you it's worth every cent. All right. Go to 107 River Street, the last room at the back of the hall. Tell her Wilbur sent you. All right. Thanks, Wilbur. I put on my hat and coat, crossed the room, and opened the door to go out into the hall. But I didn't make it. There, standing on the other side of the door, about to knock, were two ugly-looking men dressed in loud jackets. Your name Jowler? Yeah. Mind if we come in? What would happen if I did? We'd come in. That's what I thought. Then why'd you ask? I make little bets with myself. I want to talk with you for a few minutes, darling. Okay. What are you doing in New York? It's a nice town. Want some advice? Not especially. Make a little bet with yourself, you're going to get it anyway. I'm a lap in front of you. Then here it is. When Bert asks you a civil question, give him a civil answer. Okay. Ask me a civil question, Bert. What are you doing in New York? It's a nice town. Oh! Why, you hold it. He'll just belt you again with a broken arm. You're pretty tough, huh? All in how you look at it. If breaking his arm is being tough, then... That's the best name for it. Okay. We don't want any trouble. Huh? That's a funny line. I won't ask you no more questions. That'll save some time. I'm just going to tell you. Lay off a Nelson killer. Understand? Yeah. You said lay off the Nelson killer. Good boy. Because if you keep nosing around, somebody will just have to come down and investigate the dollar killing. Understand? Yeah. You said somebody will just have to come down and investigate the dollar killing. Fine. Fine. Now that you understand, we'll be going. Nice meeting you both informally like this. Expense account item four. $3.25 for another cab that took me down to 107 River Street. The address was an old two-story frame house that faced the water. I went in and walked down the dark hall to the back room. Wilbur sent me. What's the name? Dollar. Come in. Are you Maud Gilkerson? Yeah. Wilbur said you'd make a deal. That's right. But I want to know what I'm getting in return. Look, Sonny. Take my word for it. You're getting more than you're paying for. Now, how much did you bring? I got a couple of hundred. A couple of hundred? That's all I had out of me. If you want more, I'll have to get it. Sonny, i got to get out of the country. This is enough to get you out of town. If what you've got is worth it, I'll send you the rest. Not in your life. When I leave this room, nobody's ever going to hear from old Mort again. You've got 10000 coming from Nelson's insurance policy. Uh, how long will it take to get it? Well, that depends. First, I've got to report on Nelson's death. I've got to get out of here as soon as I can. Another day or so, they'll find me. Well, it'll take at least three weeks before. Three weeks? Tell me if I stay here, I'll be buried in three weeks. What are you scared of? Diane, I don't like the idea. I don't blame you. How soon can you get me some more money? How much more? Five hundred. What am I buying? I'm not telling you anything until I get the money. Okay, then we'll just forget it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not trying to be tough, but what I got is too hot to go around shooting my face off about. How do I know if I tell you that you won't take it to the cops? You don't? Well, 
Wilbur said I could trust you. That's right. Okay, okay. I'll tell you. But give me the 200 on account. There you are. Okay, thanks. Hey, you want a drink? No, thanks. Mind if I have one? Go ahead. I don't usually take this stuff, but I, I need it. Card left me ten thousand, huh? That's right. Nice guy, nasty disposition, but he was okay. You didn't know him, huh? No. Well, he's been with the outfit about a year now. The outfit? Boss Harchie. Alice Harchie. Yeah, the frog done pretty well for himself. Until lately. Yeah, and he, he always worried that hit him in the head. He was always telling they shouldn't. You know how it is with small guys like the frog. You never know when something goes wrong and the outfit sends word to kick you in the head. Frog always worried about getting hit in the head. Ah, but he was smart. While he was alive. Yeah, yeah. He figured as long as he was smart like he was, he'd fix it so hot she would never be able to hit him. Frog was in on most of the stuff hot she's been setting up in this town. Not big in it, you know, but in it. And he kept his eyes open. Found out too much and they killed him for it? Yeah, but it wasn't only what he found out. It was what he collected. Collected? Enough evidence to send Hachie and his boys away for a hundred years. Maybe the chair even. Did Hachie know it? Sure. Frog told him when he found out he was hot. He told Hachie if he got killed, the stuff would go to the DA. And you've got it? I got it. Why didn't you give it to the DA? Well, even if they sent Hachie up, he's got friends. I'd be dead before he went to trial. You want another 500 for And that's dirt cheap. Especially when the dirt's liable to be in my face. How long do I have to get it? Just as soon as you can. Like I said, I ain't that much longer. You found me and you ain't got connections like Hachi. Oh, they'll find me. I'll have the 500 in an hour. Okay, okay. I'll make arrangements. Uh, Wait a second. What is it? What does it look like? It's a key. You've been okay with me, so I'll trust you. It's a key to a locker in Grand Central, number 415. That's where the package is. Mind if I cut in to say something, fellas? It won't take too long, since a word to the wise is sufficient. And in the English language, there is one word which is important to just about everyone in the world. That word is security. Security has several different meanings, however. Usually, we think of it in connection with the protecting of our military installations and defense industries. But it means more than that. There is a security which applies to every man, woman, and child in America. The security which comes from being in good health, having a good education, and being well taken care of in case things get a little too tough to handle by oneself. This kind of security is the problem of the president's newest cabinet member, the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare. This department ties together the work of several governmental agencies. First, there is the United States Public Health Service which strives to make certain that the general health of the people in our country is in the best of condition. Then there is the Food and Drug Administration, which guarantees that the food we eat is pure and safe to eat. The Social Security Board, which takes care of old people, children, and the blind who need assistance, 
also comes under the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, as does the United States Office of Education. This office does research on the educational possibilities, changes, and opportunities, and passes on its information to the various state boards of education. As you can see, the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare is one of the most important agencies in our government, assuring us, as it does, of a normal and healthy way of life. And now, with our star, John Lund, we bring you the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. After Maud Gilkerson gave me the key to the locker in Grand Central, I left the old house on River Street and started back for town. It was getting dark and there were no cabs in that section, so I headed west for the busy traffic. I'd only gone about a hundred yards when a car pulled away from the curb about a half block behind me. A big black car with the lights off. I thought about the key in my pocket and the evidence in the locker that would send the biggest two of them in the country away for life. I had to get rid of the key before they caught up with me. I turned a corner and then a few feet in front of me was a blind man. A beggar sitting with his legs folded and on his lap a tin cup with a stack of pencils. Bless you. Thanks. I'm going to need it. Hold it, Tyler. Well, good evening. Get in the car. Get in. In the back seat. Don't take advice, do you, darling? He didn't say anything about taking a walk. I told you to lay off the Nelson. Who says I didn't? You dug up for guilt. Who? <laughs> I told you. When Bert asked you a civil question, give him, him a, a civil, civil answer. answer. Okay. So I dug up Mark Gilkerson. So what? What'd she give you? A lot of double talk. She gave me nothing. I think you're lying. So we let a couple of the boys off to talk to him. They'll find out. What happens in the meantime? We drive around while the goon searches you. Then we go see someone who wants to have a little talk with you. Okay, goon. Search him. Get down on the floor. Is that your name? Goon? Get down there. I should have guessed. What? Oh, nothing. <laughs> while Bert drove us around, the goon made me strip down to my socks while he searched my clothes. When he didn't find what he was looking for, he swatted me across the back of the neck, told me to get dressed, then Bert drove us across town to a big apartment house that overlooked the river. Bert parked in the basement garage, and I was led into an elevator that took us to the penthouse. Alice Harji, the czar of the underworld, looked up from his evening paper. This is Dollar, boss. Did he find Mark? Yeah. Ernie and Frank are with him. Yeah. Bert. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. All right. Bert told me he and the goon paid you a little visit this afternoon, eh? If you can call that a little visit. They goon get rough. Don't tell me he can do something else. <laughs> You're kind of fresh, huh? I'm ripe enough to know I don't like getting pushed around. Sometimes you've got to take a pushing around to understand things. I don't take a pushing around from you or anyone else, Harvey. You think you've got a choice? Not at the moment, no. If I want you to take a beating, you'll take one. 
I'll make up for it. You ain't making up for anything. Now, you've got to understand. I'm running things, see? You ain't going to say nothing about what happens or what don't happen. So you just try and relax and take what comes, huh? You cooperate. That's going to be nice. He didn't have anything on him. Nothing, huh? I went over him good. He didn't have nothing. She tell you what it is, fella? What? You know what I'm talking about. Whatever it is, the frog left for Mark Gilkerson. I found Mark Gilkerson to tell her Nelson left her $10,000. She didn't say nothing about me. Not a thing. She didn't say anything but thanks and get out. He was in with her for about ten minutes. So it took her ten minutes to say thanks and get out, huh? Look, what do you think she said to me? That's what I want you to tell me, Tyler. How can I tell you something when there's nothing to tell? I located more jokers to tell her that... Okay, now... okay, okay, you said that. I don't know what you're so worried about me for. For an old dame like Maud. What can we do to a big man like you? Make me mad. Hello. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, take care of it. Yeah. Now, that was Donnie. Maud, tell him anything? Yeah. She told him that she gave Dollar a key. Is that right, Dollar? She gave you a key? She told him she gave him a key to a locker in Grand Central Station. Is that right, Donna? She told him the locker number was 415. The stuff was in a locker. Is that right, Donna? Do me any good to say no? No. The goon searched me. You didn't have no key on him, boss. All right. All right, where is it, Donna? I haven't got it. Take him somewhere and find out what he's done with it. Let's go, Dollar. You're making a mistake, Archie. Nice meeting you, Mr. Dollar. The goon and Bert took me back down in the elevator, hustled me into the car, and drove me back across town to a warehouse in the Bowery. In a small room on the second floor of the warehouse, the goon went to work while Bert stood by with a goon. Where's the key, Dollar? I don't know. <laughs> and you're the guy that was going to bust my arm. You're a whole lot easier if you just tell us. I can't tell you about something I haven't got. <laughs> the goon worked on me until I passed out. Then he threw some water in my face and started working on me again. So he knew his job. It hurt, but it didn't kill me. When I was coming to for the third time, the phone rang. When Bert left the room to answer it, I knew this was the only chance I was going to get. When the goon leaned over me with a bucket of water, I grabbed the cup of trouser legs and pulled. I staggered up to my feet as the goon started up off his back. I kicked him as hard as I could in the face. I grabbed the heavy bucket and stumbled over to the door. Just as Bert came back from the phone call. Hey, goon. Ask me a civil question, Bert. I tied them up as best I could, then took Bert's gun and the car keys. I found my way out of the warehouse, climbed in the big black sedan, and drove across town to the block that ran into River Street. 
All the way, I kept my fingers crossed that the blind man with the tin cup and pencils would still be there. Pardon me. Yes? I came by here a little while ago and dropped a key in your cup. Yes, I found it. Here it is. I'd like to buy it back. Buy it? Yeah. Here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I guess I'd better be going. It's beginning to rain. No, it isn't. It's just bleeding out. I wheeled the big car back across town to the 11th precinct and caught Lieutenant Korchak just going off duty. He took one look at my face, mumbled something about careless truck drivers, and sat down to listen to my story. Bird and the goon? Yeah. I left them in a warehouse. They won't stay tied up long. The boys that picked up Maud Gilkerson were named Ernie and Frank. Ernie Foots and Frank Seller. I'll have them picked up. This key could bust this town wide open. I hope you're right, Dollar. A lot of people have tried to get Harker. Now, let's go down to Grand Central. Right. Oh, uh, about Maud Gilkerson. What about it? They, uh, fished her out of the river about an hour ago. I gave to Maud, which they never recovered, and a dollar fifty for the two bottles I gave to Wilbur. 
who recovered three days later. The contribution to the blind man is on me. Expense account items seven and eight. $75.95, hotel bill, train fare, and incidentals back to Hartford. Expense account total, $301.01, and multiple bruises. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Tonight on FBN Presents, you've been listening to some of the best in radio drama with Suspense and Johnny Dollar. Be sure to join us again tomorrow night at the same time, 9.05. FEN presents The Honeymooners and The Great Gildersleep. Educational Center of the United States Air Force. The command produces air commanders and staff officers for the Air Force, and to meet the objective, the command operates a series of professional military and specialized schools, as well as related educational and research activities. An important school of thought, the Air University, part of the United States Air Force. and staff officers for the Air Force, and to meet the objective, the command operates a series of professional military and specialized schools, as well as related educational and research activities. An important school of thought, the Air University, part of the United States Air Force.